You're listening to Outside In with Theatre in the Rough. My name's Becky Downing and I'll be here every Sunday during the COVID-19 lockdown bringing you a little slice of the outside world. From interviews to new writing and performances, Outside In Sunday sessions are here to bring you up to speed with all things creative, with brand new content from emerging artists and nationwide companies. Today I'm joined by the fantastic Anthony Stewart Hicks from APL Theatre. Hello Anthony, <laughs> nice to have um, you here hello. today. Hi Becky, hiya. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what your background is and how you got into the arts? Yeah, uh, well I'm from Crosby originally in Liverpool. I uh, was an actor from a very, very young age. So I started doing a lot of TV stuff when I was a kid, so a lot of extra work and the odd little line here and there. Yeah. And then I continued to perform all the way through school where I was already working professionally by the time I got into high school. So I've been doing it for quite a while now. So that was really, uh, the way into that was, there was a community theatre company in Garston, which is the other side of Liverpool. I know, yeah, I'm, I know Garston very well. Yeah. I'm, I'm there and, now, really, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, there was, and there, there is so much kind of raw talent in Liverpool. And I got involved indirectly with a community theatre company in Garston who really wanted to take themselves to the next level and they were good enough the one thing that they didn't have which is the problem with most companies mm. whether they're commercial or funded or community based is money yeah and i was very fortunate that i had a very very good advisor in my grandmother who's still with us she's over in australia at the minute actually she said you know you have an opportunity here to look at something which will help you in the future if you are quiet on the acting side, then you can direct and produce. And, and from there, the short story was that um, I went from directing there and producing and then formed my own company and have been kind of doing it ever since, really, and had major, major successes and major, major failures, which I think you can't really have. Oh, yeah, they go hand in um, hand, really, don't they? Well, well this is it. And, you know, I, I do get very frustrated with some producers who come up to me and say, oh, you know, I've never had a flop. Well, then you're not a producer because... <laughs> You have to be able to show how you survive and yeah. how you get from ground zero back up again. And, you know, it is 150% risk, the job. It's kind of having to learn how to survive on the seat of your pants, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, it's like kind of like a, a comedian, I suppose, in that respect. You know, if you, if you haven't had a flat night, then, yeah. you know, how do you know where... Well, this is this is exactly it, and that's yeah. a great way of putting it. You know, I, I do a lot of comedy, and certainly for what I'm most busy doing as a performer, because I don't really perform anymore, mm. is I do a panto every year, and my dame is known for being very quick-witted, very acidic, yeah. very improvis- improvisational. And the question I get asked all the time is, well, how, how are you able to make it up as quick as you are? Yeah, well, because yeah. I died on my you know, on the bottom. You have to keep it sparking. And I think that in the arts industry is a real vein to keep it thumping. It's the fear factor. You have to have the fear to have the petrol. Yeah, it's the stakes, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I always used to say I'm not a gambling person, but I am, that's my job. Yeah, I think anybody, I mean, especially at this point in time, who is a creative mm. has to be able to deal with the risk of unemployment and yeah. a lack of maybe commercial success is the right way to kind of word it in that way. Yes. And Because yeah. you, you're just constantly, you know, even if you get a job, it's one of those things like I, I am in constant conversations with my parents and my friends about, you know, oh, oh yeah, that might be great if you get this job, but then that's only for X 
amount of time and then you're sort of yeah. back out again and it, it's yeah. that constant you've got to you've got to be able to recognize what works yeah, and for you and stuff see nature of it all you know yeah. it, we're never in the same place for a long time because the jobs kind of dictate where where we're going i think most creatives i think they're very fortunate if they're able to settle down in a place and then be able to go from that base out to work instead of having to tour or having to go and live out of the hotels you know, also, whilst it, whilst it's draining, it is essential to do. I couldn't think of a better way to build up the stamina for what is a consistent battering by an industry that you love. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the, the word is resilience. There's yeah. no other kind of way to approach it, I think, other than yeah. really try and keep getting back on your feet. Even though it's obviously the, the coronavirus yeah. crisis has obviously hit the arts sector massively and caused so much unemployment and disengagement in that way it's actually sort of like a big reminder of that feeling of having to then be like okay what are the ways that we can work around this and keep creative and feel like we're not losing touch with the stuff that we love and finding work from other ways and things like that I mean it's a challenge to say the least it is it absolutely is I remember working with somebody years ago who shall we say they didn't they didn't have the greatest opinion of actors in our industry and I remember him saying if the entertainment industry was to stop tomorrow the world wouldn't end because we don't need to be entertained and actually we do yeah you know there's you know masses of online content and you know you can watch anything online but there's nothing really like a live performance and going to the theater or, or being on the stage and, and forget about the horrible things that are going on and just do something which is going to make people feel good yeah. and uh, it, it's now where that has completely been taken away from us through no fault of our own which is also very frustrating certainly from a producer's point of view you know if, if you make a bad decision and something goes wrong you can only blame yourself mm. when you have to cancel productions which are touring for nine months because of something which you have no control over that is very very frustrating yeah uh, could you tell us a little bit more about what your experience as a producer of APL at your company yeah. has been during the COVID-19 crisis and, and I can tell you very very bluntly I will be amazed if we survive it mm. uh, we're very fortunate really because we don't take external funding whether that's through arts council or any other funding body or through investment we've always tried to be self-financing because it's dangerous enough with it being our own money never mind anybody else's and we're fortunate that we have two to three european and international tours that are of no financial risk to us because we're brought in to present it for a client and that would normally provide 60 to 70 percent of our cash flow for the rest of the year to be able to present other works whether that be a static production at christmas or a touring seasonal show that cost would be covered from our fees from the european and international tours so when this pandemic reached as far as it did and it hit italy really bad and we produce in italy a lot Mm. and we got a phone call from our client and they said look we don't know what to do all the theaters all the cinemas anything where there are public performances have been closed by the government over here and we just think it's too risky to keep the actors there and you know having to tell two very talented groups of actors one for a production of greece one production of peter pan that i'm sorry loves you're going home tomorrow yeah that is bad and financially we knew we'd take a hit and then 
it wasn't the kind of situation, it wasn't mirrored in that way yet in the UK because the government hadn't decided to close everything at that point. So we were we were hoping and praying that the rest of our tours, certainly for this season up until the summer, would mm. be okay. Yeah. And then came the smash of everything having to close. So within a two-week period, yeah. we completely lost our, one, our income, two, our future, and really no way of knowing whether we could sustain. I've had to let people go in the office yeah. purely and simply because I can't guarantee them that their money is going to be there because there's no money coming in. So it's quite a scary place. And, you know, a, a lot of people say, well, at least um, the decisions have been made for you. But when it's when it's your baby, when it's, yeah. when everything has been built up through your own blood, sweat and tears, that's yeah. quite difficult to chew. It's a complete rug pulled from under your moment, isn't oh, it? Where yeah. it's just everything that you've been working towards. You know, it, what you're saying about people being sent home and losing jobs and things that absolutely resonates yeah. with me. I mean, my sister was meant to go out and dance and, in Turkey we were actually driving down to London on the way to see her the 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 day before she was meant to fly and yeah. we got a call and she was just absolutely devastated just said you know we're not going we can't go it's done just, and, and you know I, I have to kind of put it into context for my own mental sanity with it all yeah and, you, know, you, you think it's yes it is horrendous and on one side it is and you think, oh, what is going to happen? On another side of the coin, it is a massive learning curve for the uncertainty that there is, not just in this industry, but any industry when it comes to something as massive as this COVID-19. Yeah. But what it, what, what it, I hope it can allow other creators, other producers, other performers to do is to reflect on it as a moment of actually, if something was to happen again, or for whatever reason, I was to become uh, unemployed or not engaged for a job and I had nothing coming in, what can I do? What, how can I keep money coming in? Because as self-employed, mm. that's, that is the biggest thing. You know, I do a lot of... Um, mental health work because it's something that I've always found very rewarding and I've got quite a lot of experience on both sides of it but yeah. it, it is uh, I mean uh, they are amazing these care workers they they are just so resilient and they are so tunnel visioned quite rightly because yeah. it's all about the care of the patient yeah. uh, or in many cases care of themselves so now with this pandemic and, and what it's brought into place is that actually no you do have to look after yourself as well before you can look after anybody else. Yeah. And that, that is a massive thing to take in and start to use. And whilst there's so many negatives about it, all, it the only thing is to get out there and work. So if I'm not doing consultancy work mm. for APL or independently, I work for a lot, I work with a lot of other uh, fledgling companies on building themselves up and trying to develop and look at areas to break down barriers, then I will get my butt off the floor and I will go and do some <laughs> work because yeah. it's, it's rewarding, it's needed, and it does bring in some pennies. Yeah. So it, it, what what kind of work is it that you're doing? If it's in mental health, it's, mm. it's healthcare support. So we really are the first person, the first point of call for anyone. For example, if it's in a, a hospital environment. Mm. The healthcare assistants are the first people who the patients or the residents, however they're referred to, it's different in different places, yeah. will come to us. And, you know, it could be as 
as mundane as can you help me make a cup of tea to I'm feeling really, really low, I'm feeling down, yeah. I need somebody to talk to, I need somebody to distract me away from these negative thoughts I'm having. So you, you get to experience such a broad range of mental ill health conditions mm. and it, it, we're there really just to try however we possibly can within our power that we're given, within the facilities that are in the hospital or the care home to just try and make their day a little bit more stressless. Yeah, I mean, um, that's lovely. That's uh, And it's so important as well. I mean, it, it is such a tumultuous time at the moment mm-hmm. for um, people's mental health. I mean, uh, one of the only good things, I suppose, that's kind of come out of it is that there is a lot of open discussion going going around now. And it's um, about time too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's obviously like we've seen like a an increase of positive engagement with conversations around mental health and things over the last about the last 10 years especially but is there do you would you have anything um like that you'd like to say about kind of how you feel around these discussions that are going on as a mental health advocate yourself i think i think that they need to happen and you know i don't think people should shy away from being upfront about how they feel Mm. whether that is through recording a a video for a podcast or, or putting something down on a tweet and just getting it out there you know the, the the hardest thing when you're going through any kind of crisis and i know because i've been there mm. you know i have been to a very very dark place on a mental health aspect mainly through stress i have to say mm. but the hardest thing is to get out of bed every day because you want to stay within that safe cocoon within yeah. that darkened room where nothing can get you and, and allow you to relive all these thoughts you're going through but the best thing to do is to get out of bed get out of bed get yeah. a shower and even if you do nothing else you've done the hardest thing which is to get out of that safety zone of the bed yeah i think if anybody can use this horrendous situation that we're all in where there are people who might not have contact with other humans for days weeks on yeah. end well talk and talk however you can whether that is recording writing it down putting it on an email to people just talk and keep the communication going because i think the minute communication stops people's thoughts start to take over yeah i mean it is it is a dangerous and scary thing to be to spend a lot of time on your own with with only your thoughts for company i mean i was speaking to a friend of mine on the phone yesterday actually she's a lovely lovely person such as sunny and wonderful personality she's she's always cracking jokes she's just absolutely gorgeous human being and she been living in london renting a flat and um her other housemates had gone home and she was like um oh i'm gonna stay and you know i'll get a lot of things done and she was on her own for i think it was five days she said and i'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying she had to go home because she was just really struggling with that complete isolation but is, is there any advice that you'd like to put out there other than the primary thing of getting out of bed getting that shower is there, is there anything you'd like to put out there around combating the effects of the pandemic on our mental health i think you know trying to engage with your family engage with your friends but you know i i speak well at least a minimum of once a day to a family member or mm. to a friend just via text message or at least hearing their own voice you know hearing their voice i think talking is a massive tool to use mm. and also having that time to sit back reflect on worrying about the things you can only deal with now mm. there's no point sitting there worrying about what's going to happen in august what's going to happen we don't know you know we don't know what's going to happen in august we don't know what's going to happen in september what we do know is that for the time being we are stuck indoors so what can you do to make the most of the time that you've got if you can't cook learn how to cook Mm. you know i love to cook and i'm cooking every minute of the day 
I'm not particularly a fan of jigsaws, but I've done one. Yeah. I love a board game. I, I've learned how to play Scrabble. I've, I've taken the time to be able to look at old scripts that I've written, use the time that I've got where actually I wouldn't normally have to look at things which are assets that I have and getting it how it should be for when things do turn around. Uh, you know, I think using what you have at home to make it as less brain rotting as possible is the key and to do things you wouldn't normally do. Uh, and I think also just to realise that this is nothing to do with us. It's just yeah. we have got to do what we've got to do to get through it. Try and not watch anything too depressing, like anything with Donald Trump in it. Yeah. Oh, God, I know. Well, that's the that's the thing is there's a lot of really um, interesting stuff going about at the moment. I've had a lot of reading time. Uh, there was a really lovely um, article I'd recommend to any of our listeners. Uh, it's in The Guardian. It's an interview with David Hockney. I think he's 83 years old now, and he's isolated in Normandy. And he said, you know, the best thing people can do right now is um, if, you, if you are feeling helpless, if you haven't got kind of a sense of purpose, um, and if you're worried a lot is to draw he said just pick up a pencil or your ipad or anything because art is is about being in the now you know he he was saying in this interview when you're drawing from nature when you're drawing from life you're not thinking about what's going to happen next where's this wind going to blow and change that position of that tree where's this going to go you know you're literally just trying to capture that moment and it really seats you in the now and I just thought that was such a lovely way of encapsulating that feeling of you know really trying to kind of sit yourself in the moment of of each day Uh, because that's definitely something I'm guilty of oh my goodness that my mind runs away with me and you know (laughs) I'm like what about this what about this and gosh and I think sometimes there's nothing wrong with just taking a beat and and you know the news as well like obviously it's important to stay clued in and and make, keep keep aware that's healthy yeah. but i think it is that keep that awareness healthy don't overexpose yourself to stuff that is i mean i've started reading the news instead of watching it because it yeah. it really stresses me out it it's i just find it really stressful and I, I don't know what uh, the right way to describe it is, but it almost kind of helps my imagination to run away with itself because uh, it's so much, you know, the news is notorious for kind of being very hard-hitting and, and yeah, dramatic yeah. in that way. And, you know, you worry that with all of those visuals and, you know, all of those snippets of speeches that you wouldn't necessarily tune into and feel kind of like that hopelessness about, you know like certain political leaders and stuff speaking and sort of like not being able to engage and then worrying about the world because of that and actually it's not that as you said before that's not your job you can only do your part of it which is trying to stay positive trying to help where you can trying to talk with people um and you know I, i would i would recommend anybody whether you've got experience in mental health whether that's personal or surrounding you uh, historical or you you just have a keen interest in it or whether it be care now is the opportunity they are absolutely desperate for more workforce mm. to join it's not about money it just allows you to just focus on somebody else's needs yeah and you walk away after and yeah you're tired it's hard work like any job it's hard work if you do it properly and you can just think actually i have made that person less stressed they've been listened to They've got their dignity. Yeah. They've been given what they needed as and when they could be given it. And I feel good today. Now, that is more to me than having to take my medication because yeah. I've been on medication for about eight years now, mm. but it's never fluctuated. I've always been on the same. I've, I've probably had one uh, kind of relapse episode when I got stressed out. But the medication's fine. 
But the medication isn't enough. There's got to be. There's got to be well-being. There's got to be ways of making the horrible experience of going through mental health worthwhile. And the worthwhile element is actually I learn more about it and being around people who are going through it worse than I ever have and being able to make it just a little bit more bearable for them. Well, I think that's better than medication, and mm. it certainly does me good. I, I feel really rewarded at the end of it and you know if people are at a loose end of something to do go and learn another trade especially as creatives we need to perform we need to make people feel engaged and people feel entertained or people forget about the things that are worrying well do it face to face Mm. be on the front line and get out there and use the skills that we've got to make people a little bit more listened to and to make them feel a little bit less stressed make them laugh i mean my god you, you have to laugh You have to laugh, you know, it's the greatest outlet. And even I remember going back, you know, to when I was really ill, the one thing that remained, the one thing that was never taken away from me, the one thing that never left was my ability to laugh. And that's massive. Yeah. I know, um, I mean, Chris actually informed me that you're a big Ken Dodd fan as well. Oh, <laughs> um, speaking of, of making people laugh and, and yeah. you know, trying to engage those smiling muscles, have you found any ways of exercising that chuckle muscle during the lockdown so far that you might be able to pass on? I love series uh, on Netflix, something like Grace and Frankie, mm. which if, you know, if the, if the uh, listeners have never watched it, it is the writing is superb um, the conversational dialogue and it's it's so good I mean I've been watching uh, older comedians on YouTube yeah I've, I've had Ken Dodd on YouTube because it's just hilariously funny and I think yeah. any comic that you like well just put them on it doesn't matter whether you know it word for word I think that's even better sometimes yeah Oh just my goodness, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? It's that it's that sense of familiarity as well, I think, is really important. And, you know, humour is about kind of, like, engaging and tapping into what's familiar and what's resonant and stuff yeah. with people as well. I mean, me and my sister watched Hercules last night and I was crying with laughter because it's, it's that, like, silly kids Disney comedy. I mean, similar to if, I mean, goodness me, listeners, if you haven't seen any of Ken Dodd's comedy or you're not familiar with Ken Dodd get out there and and watch some stuff now because he is just wonderful he's just an absolute gorgeous joyous human being who's just full of silliness and I think that's something we need anybody who could ignite his his kind of ingrained joke book yeah Yeah. I I used to be side of stage with him at CrossFit Civic Hall at Southwater he'd be talking at one time he was talking about foot cream to me and he was just talking to me about you know I recommend this foot cream and blah and his music started and he went straight on and for five and a half hours he didn't stop yeah and it was just joke after joke after joke and then he'd come off and <laughs> after you know tumultuous applause and so many on course and he continued talking about the foot cream he, he was he was you know he was, it's a great loss that he's no longer with us but for him to be with us and entertain us for as long as he possibly did I think that's just incredible and also I have watched recently uh, I don't know whether you have or anybody listening will have but I have just watched this Tiger King oh that's been recommended to me actually by you well if you want to if you want to be able to look at yourself and think actually do you know what I'm doing pretty good Uh, just watch it I've never I've never seen anything like it it is remarkable remarkable it will make you laugh it will make you cry it'll make you frustrated but what what it will do is it'll entertain you and then it gives you something to talk about with your friends with with your family 
you know, I'm not a big reader really, unless it's a play or a script that I've, re- I've got to read. I'm not. I'm not really. I haven't got the capacity to sit there and read a book anymore. Really, mm. my mind just wanders. But um, I love. Uh, the Mercury Theatre in Colchester, I do a lot of work for them, but they're quite local to me now where I'm based. And they've ju- they've just done this online, create a, a story in 10 days. So anybody could write in with a sentence. And, you know, I've, I found myself joining in and I thought, oh, I won't get anywhere. But I didn't do it for that. I mm. just wrote it because it just was something creative. It is hard and it is going to be even harder. It's only going to get worse, I think, before it gets any better. But mm. you know what? We've got wonderful outlets like, like this. Theatre in the Rough have just done the Outside In Festival, which I recorded a, a poem for the other day. Yes, yeah. I don't read poetry. I don't speak poetry. I just don't do it. And I loved it, you know. And all the, I got I got some performer friends of mine to uh, also get involved. And they just loved it because it was something different. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that's what's important, isn't it, is, I suppose, like, trying to keep yourself engaged. And, yeah. it, I mean, you're out of your comfort zone already, so you might as well, you know, you might as well embrace, embrace I, that. I, I'm out of my comfort zone doing this. I don't normally do <laughs> things. I don't, but I just thought, you know what, I'm going to do it because I, I don't offer, because I talk a lot of crap most of the time, but, it, <laughs> you know, I just thought, you know, I'm going to do it because... Yeah. There's a there's a bigger goal for it. If somebody takes one thing that I've said and goes, actually, do you know what? I'm going to give that a go. Mm. Or yes, I might get in touch with Mind, or I might get in touch with Priory or Care UK or you know Signet and see if they need anybody to train up as healthcare assistants. Well, then it's been worth it because it will get people out of this monotony of being trapped indoors it'll give them something else to work on but also it just gives people the opportunity to look at what they can actually offer and it's more than we think uh, uh, definitely we are we are more capable than we know i would say oh well honestly anthony i could stay on the phone to you for hours and chat all things <laughs> ken darden and everything <laughs> honestly but um i'd just like to ask you if, if you could send out a message to our listeners right now Anything in the world that you'd like to say, what would it be? It would be, pat yourselves on the back. You've got up, you're out of bed. It's another day where you can make it a much uh, more interesting day if you just put your mind to it. And just continue to be nice to yourself and be nice to everybody else. And we'll get through it. And when we do, we can all look back at it and let our creative juices flow. Just be good to yourself and do something for you. Oh, well, that's really lovely. Thank you so much, Anthony, for everything today and for being on the phone with us. <laughs> no, no, I keep, I keep telling you, the reason he's called Mute Liam is that he really likes the swans. You've got to keep talking over him all the time, it's very rude. Oh, sorry, Reverend, I've, I've got to go, I've got a visitor. Hello? You must be Warden Bleakley. I'm here about the escaped convict. Ah, yes, you, you must be Mr Livingstone. Call me Detective. Of course, D- Detective Livingstone. Just Detective is fine. Right, Detective. <laughs> I must say, this is all very exciting. I've never met a real detective before. Oh, I'm not a detective. Excuse me? Detective is my first name. Your name is Detective Livingstone. My parents were very keen on pushing me in a certain career path. <laughs> so you're Detective Detective? No, like I said, I'm not a detective. Right. Sorry, I, I was expecting a detective. And you got one, technically. Well, it seems it's been a bit of a mix-up. I'm not really sure how this happened. Well, 
I imagine one of your subordinates googled local detectives and my name popped up. Ah, I see. Well, if you're not a detective, then, then what are you doing here? Well, to be honest, I just really love crime. You love crime? Crime and criminals. Do you have any murderers here? I'd love to chat to them. No, I don't think that would be a good idea. Fair enough. Regardless, it's not every day Joey Flatfoot escapes from prison. So, when I got the call, I hurried over. Well, I appreciate your enthusiasm, but, but I can't let you into an actual crime scene. What? Is there a law against it? Several, I would imagine. I might be able to help. I'm very perceptive. I've watched a lot of Columbo. That's your go-to detective show. The show's older than I am. A classic is a classic, Bleakley. All the same, I think I'd rather wait for an actual detective. What is a detective? A word and some sleuthing skills, and I've got both. Well, I suppose someone ought to have a look at the crime scene before Joey Flatfoot gets too far away. Exactly. Someone needs to catch that handsome scoundrel. Well, all right, you can have a little quick peek, but don't tell my wife. Why, does she work here too? No, she's just very judgmental. This way. This is Joey's cell. Any thoughts, detective? A typical cell, small, with a single bed in the corner. A thin blanket and pillow strewn across it messily. No personal effects to be seen. Bars on the windows and door. And a toilet and sink attached to the wall. Well, you have certainly described the room we're looking at. Tell me, Blakely, what was your relationship with Joey Flatfoot? Oh, I didn't know him very well. We only spoke a few times. Hmm, no sign of forced entry. Well, Joey didn't enter, he exited. No sign of forced exit tree either. Hang on. If we examine these bars on the window... Aha! This one comes loose. What? Those are Remington Steel Limited 24 Class A iron bars. It would take months to pry one loose. Months indeed, if my theory is correct. Oh! Please don't lick the evidence, Detective. That's very unsanitary. As I suspected, this is no iron bar. This is 100% pure licorice. Licorice? What are you on about? Allow me to explain. British manufactured licorice, as we all know, obtains the density and colour of iron if not consumed quickly enough. For Joe, it's simply a matter of smuggling enough licorice into the prison, disguised as shoelaces, I would imagine and replacing the iron bars of his cell with licorice sticks over the course of a few months. Then, last night, with the wardens distracted by Officer Deepman's retirement party, he simply removed the fake bars, climbed out of the window, replaced the bars, and headed off into the night. Case closed. Remarkable. How on earth did you solve it so quickly? Well, it's quite simple, Bleakley. I simply remember doing it. You... What? That's right, Bleakley. I am Joey Flatfoot, and frankly I found your earlier comment very hurtful. My what? Didn't know him very well. Ah. Granted, we weren't close friends, but our interactions meant a little bit more to you than that. But you're Joey Flatfoot? Then why did you come back here? Well, to be honest, I wanted to see if any of you missed me. Well, we missed you enough to hire a detective to catch you. Hang on, did you change your name to Detective Livingstone? The best way to avoid law enforcement is to hide within the law enforcement. I've seen Dexter. You should really watch some more modern police shows. I can't believe you didn't even recognise me. 
a silly hat and some newfound swagger and suddenly I'm a different person to you. We've only met a few times. I distinctly remember the time I told you a hilarious joke about a speedboat to which you replied, and I quote, I'll have to let all the lads hear that one. I was probably just being polite. I can't even look at you right now. Look, I'm sorry, okay? I'll try and be more attentive in the future. Too late for that, Warden. Life is better spent with people who appreciate you. I'm off to find my place in the world. Well, wait a minute. I can't just let you leave. No, no. You've made yourself quite clear. I know when I'm not wanted. Well, you are wanted here. I very much want you to stay here. Where was this warden a minute ago? No. It's a big, beautiful world out there. It's time I saw more of it. Think of what I've been missing. Cooped up in here. The great outdoors is calling me bleakly. The rolling hills, the lush green fields, the majestic livestock of Britain. I can smell the daffodils already. Look, Joey... Detective, mm-hmm. please. Joey is dead to me. Detective, the, the point I'm trying to make is that I can't let you walk out of here after you just confess to being an escaped convict. Ah, yes. That is how prison works, isn't it? Come on, let's find you a new cell with non-edible bars and I can show you some of my favourite new detective shows. Have you seen Inspector Morse? Well, that does sound rather... Smoke bomb! Ah! Get... Ow! That's, that's not a smoke bomb. You just threw a bag of sand in my face. And he is gone. Oh dear. Well, at least I know how he escaped. Speaking of which, why don't I just grab some of that and... Ah. He took the licorice. That was a short piece in response to our brief of Outside In from the wonderfully talented David Lay, performed by the exceptional Tom Claxon and Nick Dawkins. Outside In Hola, bonjour, guten tag, hello and yo. You are listening to Amelia Glyden on Outside In. This is the part of the show where I'm going to talk to you about what I do to stay positive through these weeks of isolation. Right, hello everyone. I hope you've all had the best week you can, but I do not want to spend a lot of time looking back at last week. The sun is now out. Today is a new leaf. We're going to turn it over and we're going to be as positive as we can. I can really feel it in my gut that there's something very exciting round the corner after all of this. I have three top tips for you today to stay positive throughout this week. My first one is take the corners of your lips and move them up towards your ears. Yes, it's smiling. It's free, it's simple and it's not always easy. But it's something that you can do within yourself, on your own. You can do it right now. Actually, I want everyone to take a moment and give yourself a smile. Really, I want you to show yourself those teeth and give them the shine that they deserve. For me, smiling creates this glow within. It really helps me see the bigger picture. That no matter what happens, I will find happiness again. It maybe even started with the smile that we've just done. Okay, tip two requires you to look as stupid as possible. It's to overstretch. And no, I'm not talking about touching your toes. 
I'm talking about first thing in the morning when you've got all your thoughts together before you get out of bed. Really extend your body. Let it go in all different directions. Pushing negative thoughts away with the weirdest noise possible that comes with you. Really make your body grow and curl like a baby stretching out for the first time. It creates freedom within and gets your body ready for the day ahead. Okay, the last one is really simple. Just put on your favourite item, whether it's clothing, it's your favourite Calvin Klein's or your favourite Disney underpants. It could even be your favourite pair of socks just to walk downstairs in. It doesn't have to look amazing. You don't have to dull yourself up. But just dress to impress yourself. I mean, why not? If we can't take this time to feel good within ourselves, then when will we have this time again? Okay? There are my three simple things this week. Before I go, though, I want to take the time to say how much I enjoy doing this podcast and talking about positivity. But I want you to notice how I'm not talking about social media and working out every day. And it's just because I know that you know the effects of that. Instead, I want to take time and talk about the real active positive steps we can do to get through these negative times. Today, I want to leave you with a little something that has stuck with me. It's a poem by Jeff Fosters. This is just the beginning bit. Stop trying to heal yourself, fix yourself, even awaken yourself. Let go of the letting go. It can really be that simple sometimes, guys. The smaller steps will help us see the bigger picture. I know we can get there. That's it for me this week. I hope that you have a little something to take away with you. Even if you're not ready to do it this week, have it in the back of your mind and know that it's always there. Negativity is just a mindset and we are all strong enough to change that. We can be positive throughout this craziness in this world. We're all going through it and we just need to support each other. I'll be back next week with more positive vibes. Peace out. That's all we have time for this week on this week's Sunday session of Outside In. We'd just like to say a massive thank you to all of our contributors and everybody who was involved in the making of this week's episode. Don't forget to tune in next week where we'll be talking to the exceptionally talented Eleanor Randall from Tomasis Theatre, Liverpool. Again, revisiting some tips and tricks to stay uplifted with our lovely Amelia Glyden. And finally, be showcasing some brand new material. Outside.